Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. It's Rick, and what a way to ring in the new year, 2022. DeMar DeRozan's buzzer beater to beat the Pacers. Uh, final score of 108 to 106. What a fucking game that was, Jesus Christ! And 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 to to just have it like on a on a one legged three by Demar, Demarvelous was uh was fucking awesome. It was it was great to see. It was exciting, uh, and it was against the Pacers, who you know fuck them, fuck Indiana. I mean, we've always fucking hated Indiana, um, but yeah. What a what a way to ring in that new year, and even better with that win. So six game win streak, uh, which is great because you know with all the uh, people coming out of COVID and people in COVID still with Ball, uh, Caruso is kind of still a little injured right now, but it's it's awesome to have this six game win streak, and you know Zach called it the New Year's Eve heave. Oh my God, it was. If you guys watched it live, then fucking. Good on you because you guys had a really, really good game. Kind of like, kind of back and forth, really, with the Pacers. Um, I did just post up Matt's blog about the uh, about this game, so definitely take take a look at it. But yeah, man, like it it was a it was a very close game. Like I was saying, basically up until the end, right? It, it kind of was looking like, hey, it might be a loss. Uh, they were down one until Demar basically fucking just ended their entire career uh, <laughs> um but that was that was still a great win um they got uh, they were they were only outscored well they were outscored in the third and the fourth but obviously again uh they win it so let's go over uh some stats here uh bulls are now t- ending yeah with ending new year's or ending 2021 with a with a win which is fucking awesome but let's go over some stats here demar Derozan. One for three from three points, total of 28 points, 11 for 12 for three free throws, uh, just three rebounds. And obviously the best, you know, the most important shot was that three-pointer. So that was the one for three. Uh, Javante Green, two points, uh, two for two on free throws, uh, 0 for one on three-pointers, 28 minutes. Vucevic with 14 points, 16 rebounds, another double-double for this guy. Like the the unsung hero, the really low key key player of the game, you know, obviously DeRozan's going to get uh, all the shine for that, that last second three, but Kobe white man off, off. Well, he started not off the bench, but he did start with 24 points, six or seven from three. This guy, Kobe White has been on fucking fire from three. So f- like in just recently in the last few games or whatever, and he just continues to just, make them from the three point line. It's fucking awesome to see. Um, it's good to see, especially, you know, him coming off that injury, him kind of starting off slowly with, uh, at least his offensive game, uh, defense still kind of not there yet, but I mean, six or seven from threes with 24 points. Like he was, he was just doing really, really well in this game has been doing so these last few games. Um, and basically turning into the guy that, you know, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, AK, it was an act that fucking drafted him, but you know he's turning into the guy that uh, you know the Bulls or Bulls fans were were hoping that he would uh, he would be. You know he's becoming that guard, that point guard that we can rely on. He's you know scoring twenty points and just 
hitting these shots from the three-point line. Uh, he's just doing really well, and this was a really, really good game for him after he kind of struggled defensively uh, against the Hawks. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and then Zach Levine, uh, 36 minutes, 17 points, over uh, three for three. But, I mean, that was kind of like why this game was a little close because, you know, Zach Levine wasn't feeling it. The Rosen wasn't feeling it too much. Um, so that's why it was kind of – it was just a close game overall. And, I mean, we needed that that last second three to win it, and luckily we got it. But that's kind of what's been going on. Uh, that's kind of what went on in this game. But, hey, we got – Rosen proves that he is the fourth quarter king just again uh, with that great with that great three-pointer to bench. Ayo Desunmu, three only three points, but you know, he does play, he please he's a really he's just like that energy guy, right? Like rookie, um, not scoring too much in this game, has done really well though in the last these last few games during the six-game win streak. But again, you know, not 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 really filling the stat sheet, but just other things that he's doing, bringing the high energy. He stopped uh, uh, Demar from going at one of the refs, you know, possibly technical foul there. You know, who who knows how that would what would have happened if uh, I don't know Demar got a little too emotional there, he got too angry, or you know, some shit like that. Who knows what would have happened? Would he have made the shot? Obviously, little things like this kind of you look at it and you're just like, yeah, he would have made the shot. But again, you never know. So Ao doing doing good things. Got Matt Thomas uh, coming off the bench, 20 minutes with eight points, uh, two for five from the threes. So he's making his minutes count, and in the last few games as well, he's been doing really well. Uh, Tyler Cook with five points off the bench, 14 minutes. He had a fucking sick-ass dunk against the uh, the Hawks the other night. And if you guys are uh, following us on Instagram, Crackwood Media, uh, you can see one of the reels I posted of him just with that sick-ass dunk, man. It's, you know... We're, we're nicknaming we're nicknaming him Cook County because because it just fit. So you know the 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 bench not doing too much, um, but I mean doing enough. You know, still coming in, making those minutes count. And you know, we 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 got a lot of these guys kind of on ten day contracts, and they're you know they're they're panning out to be pretty good pickups. So again, Bulls win one hundred eight one hundred six. Beat them on a last second three from Demar. 23 and 10 on the year and that's how they they end 2021 23 and 10 on top of the eastern conference uh number one in the eastern conference um so yeah man like it's just it's so fucking awesome to to have the bulls be really good again and to end the year like they did so but let's go over let's go over their they're basically they're just the overall six game win streak so in terms of players demar is averaging 28 and a half points per game you know against the lakers i think it was against the lakers they had like 38 points and he's just been fucking killing it man like he was out with covid um the players stepped up and brought in brought their energy back to kind of like match demar's and then demar gets back and has just has just like made the league his bitch any teams they play he's made that team his bitch and is just destroying the stat sheet right now. So yeah, 28 and a half points per game average. Zach uh only only has played in uh four games. Um so he he missed the one against the the Lakers and the Rockets, but even in four games, uh he had a couple 30 point games as well. 26 points per game he's averaging. Um and then Vooch who has re- like just reemerged as, you know, the 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 all-star 
that we picked up last year. The guy we're like, this is all-star fucking center that we need. And he's just been, he just, I don't know. He's just had this resurgence um, in, in his, this season for him. So he was, he's been averaging uh, and he's played all six games during this win streak, 18 points per game, uh, four double doubles um, out of those six games. So, so it kind of sh- goes to show you, right? Like even when, even uh, I think he only had, I think he had one game where he had nine rebounds. So he was just one rebound away from another double double. But you could you you can tell like how much he affects the game, how much he makes the team better with his rebounding, with his scoring. When he's on, he's fucking on. He's been hitting it from three. He had a bank shot the other day, and he was even he fucking didn't believe it. He's just like, I thought I overshot that, or I thought I wasn't gonna make it. And instead, it banks in, and you know he he's just been doing really well. And this is exactly what what the Bulls needed from Vooch after he was struggling, you know. Just been stepping it up. Like I said, 18 points per game, four double doubles in this six game win streak. Kobe White um, has played all six games as well, uh, 15 points per game, averaging. And again, I got to mention again, his three point shot has looked great. Like uh, I was watching him against the Hawks, and it just felt like every single time he went to the line or he got he got behind the behind the arc, it was just going to go in. You know, he missed a couple, which was which was whatever it is, what it is. But I mean, to, to average 15 points per game and to have like two, two games during the six game win streak with 24 points after he kind of struggled offensively coming back from injury first few games of the season, he's been doing really well. So big, big ups to fucking Kobe white. And then again, AO only eight points per game. Um, but he did have that, uh, 14 point game, uh, against the Hawks the other night. Um, only played four four games uh, after coming back from protocols after the Rockets game. Um, did it, nobody played the Raptors game? That one was postponed. But but he was doing the the one thing I will give him props on is his defense against Trey Young. He wasn't letting him do shit, man. Because um, Kobe White was was struggling defensively, right? And that's fine. Uh, you know he still had a he still had double digit uh, points um, against the Hawks. So his offensive game is there, but again, the defense is lacking a little bit. But hey, Ao came in, shut Trey Young down. At least that's what it looked like. I, I didn't really see uh, uh, Trey Young's stats. I don't know how many points he had, but he he had probably twenty something. But you know, it's still he still showed a lot of like as a rookie, he showed a lot of like composure coming in and being like, yeah, I'll fucking guard Trey Young. You know, he wants to be this guy that is like. He wants to be like, hey, you can depend on me to do anything. And he fucking showed it uh, against the Hawks in uh, guarding or defending Trey Young. So during this six game win streak, they've been the Rockets and then they beat the Pacers twice and beat the Hawks twice uh, with those Hawks games being sandwiched in between both Pacers games. So just it's been fucking amazing watching these guys <laughs> win so much. Six games so far. Let's hope that they can take it into 2022 great way to fucking start it with that uh last second three and you know another thing that that really isn't talked about is that chris fleming which is the assistant coach he's been coaching i think he's coached half of these games during the win streak um and then uh donovan has coached the first three like against the lakers the rockets and then the first game against the the pacers but he's been doing a really good job um not a lot of people are, i feel like not a lot of people are giving him credit but again you know um he's still he's still coaching you know but a lot of people will be like, well, you know, when you have a, a really solid group uh, led by Zach, 
Vooch, Demar, uh, these guys, you know, leading the team, you know, it should be kind of easy, but still, you know, as a coach, you're kind of, all right, well, let me put Matt Thomas in now. Okay, sweet. He got eight points. All right, let me put AO on fucking Trey Young. These are those deci- decisions that uh, that do make a huge effect on the game. So, again, just big ups to him um, kind of coming in at like a weird time, you know, with Donovan going down for COVID and, you know, still having a solid group of guys um, and not kind of just like resting on that, like resting on your no- laurels almost. He just he came in and was like, all right, I'm going to play this guy. I'm going to make this decision, you know. So he's still um, still affecting the game, uh, the outcome, all this with his decisions as a coach. Um, but yeah, you know, good good for him. He's been doing really well. Like I said before, they they ended the year with this win against the Pacers. They ended the year um, top team in the Eastern Conference. So that's something fucking awesome to kind of just like look forward to. So good for the bulls. Good for Chicago. I'm excited for this team. One, once the playoffs come around, like this is going to be, this is just going to be great, man. Like basketball is back. I haven't, I haven't really watched basketball in such a long time. Um, just cause it was so difficult to watch the bulls, but, um, you know, it's exciting. And again, like tomorrow, I can't say enough about tomorrow. All these, I love seeing all the fucking articles, all the tweets of when everyone thought that DeMar was going to be like the worst free agent signing. And I don't know if I've said this before, but I was kind of like questionable on it. You know, 30, 31, 32, however old he is, you know, coming out of like a really uh, lackluster season against the Spurs. Um, I just didn't... I, I just didn't know, right? Like I, I, I liked Demar. I knew he was on Toronto for a long time. They traded him for fucking uh, uh, the Claw. Um, but you know, it, it was just like I, I, I knew of him. I didn't really know his game. I knew he was a pretty good, pretty good uh player. But man, he's just doing amazing. He is doing amazing in on the Bulls squad right now. And I just, I don't know, man. It's really fucking entertaining to see. And. I hope he continues it. I know he will, you know, he, luckily the only thing that's kind of like held him back is the, is the COVID protocol. Um, and while we're dealing with injuries with Caruso and Lonzo's out right now from COVID as well. Um, if this team kind of continues the way they've been playing, obviously with a six game win streak too, who knows, maybe they can make it 10, 15, you know, and you know, maybe they can make it a 72 and 10 season, you know, obviously like that'd be fucking amazing. When we're at full strength, man, it's it's going to be stupid. It's going to be a stupid team to go against, and the Eastern Conference should be on notice now. You know, obviously with a twenty-three and ten record, a lot of people are looking at you like one of those top teams, and they and they should be because they deserve it. So I don't know. It's just going to be great, and it's very entertaining that the Bulls are very good. So yeah, that was talk on the Bulls. I've got something. For you. Moving on to Bears. Uh, after a really good win in Seattle. Um, maybe not good win. Maybe it was just I'm just kind of just like, hey, that was a fucking sick ass two point conversion that they <laughs> that they actually made, right? Nick Foles started that game and when they won in Seattle 25 to 24. Um, Demir Bird caught that that really good uh pass from Nick. I mean, I guess really good pass. It was a good pass. He, you know, he caught it, he 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 got the two point conversion, they won 25-24, but I think he had Nick Foles had somebody open on the uh, uh, 
on the far right part of the end zone, at least from what I saw in the videos, you know, in the replays, they don't really show the entire view. I didn't really, I, I didn't get to watch that game. I did get to see the very end of it, obviously. But from what I remember, at least from all the clips I've seen, he, I think he had someone like wide the fuck open on the, on the right side of the end zone. So he kind of threw it into the traffic. Luckily, Demir Bird came down with it, got the two point conversion, won the game. Um, it would have been fucking terrible if, uh, if they lost it, right? Cause Nagy, now Nagy's a fucking idiot. He looks like an idiot. How are you going to, you know, lose on a two-point conversion going for it but you know now he looks like a fucking genius going for it and you know it actually working but you know props to them nick Foles came in uh after andy dalton was uh not feeling good i think he had a i think he was sick he was either sick or he, he had kind of like an injury on his hand um and then obviously justin fields wasn't going to play because he's still he's still kind of like nursing that that ankle injury that he's got um we could look a couple we could look at uh, some of the stats here nick Foles. 24 for 35, 250 yards, uh, one touchdown. He got sacked four times though for 21 yards, which kind of sucks. But you know, he 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 did kind of what he was supposed to do. He didn't turn it over. He got a touchdown, 250 yards is pretty good. Um, so honestly, he just did what he had to do, and you know, he he really did what he had to do during that two point conversion. Uh, David Montgomery for rushing, 21 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert. Two carries for 21. Um, Damian Williams, one for 12. And then moving on to the receivers. Dave Montgomery caught seven fucking passes for 61 yards. Like, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, Dave Montgomery was your leading receiver in that game. Uh, it just goes to show how, like, how crazy fucking good, how much of a beast uh, Dave Montgomery is, so. Good on him. Darnell Mooney was next with uh, five receptions, 57 yards, followed by Cole Komet, uh, four receptions, 49 yards. I love seeing that. I love seeing, you know, running back Sharon Montgomery. But to see Mooney and Cole Komet as, like, your receiving leaders, I just it just makes me feel really good about moving forward in the future with these guys, at, like, your top two offensive weapons. Just imagine, like, Cole Komet. Do, you know, and and then Darnell Mooney going long, and then you have the threat of Cole Komet kind of catching it, uh, you know, right right underneath the the like the second level of the defense. Like that's just fucking that's just fucking cool. Um, Jimmy Graham had two receptions for thirty yards and a touchdown. Uh, that was basically that uh that last uh the fourth quarter touchdown, which led to the Demir Bird two point conversion. Um, and obviously Demir Bird had that one reception for two point conversion. Daz Newsom. Awesome to see his name. One reception, 10 yards. Khalil Herbert, one for seven. Damian Williams, one for two. Um, now the defense, Roquan Smith continues to be Roquan Smith and just like, I don't know, making the offense look like his bitch. Uh, total of eight. Had eight tackles as well. Eddie Jackson, six total tackles. Wow, look, look at that. All solos too. Like that's fucking, I don't know. It's just unheard of, I guess. Um, also, to add to his already great year, Robert Quinn, two tackles, one solo, and a sack. So really fucking cool to see that. Um, it looks like so we'll we'll kind of I guess we'll get into the uh the Giants preview here. But uh so the going into the last home game of the season, the uh the Bears are gonna be going against the Giants. Um you know, it's just a story of two terrible teams kind of just like, hey, let's finish off strong, I guess. Right. So um, that's kind of what this game is. Uh, Andy Dalton is actually going to be starting. Nick Foles is going to be backing him up. 
Justin Fields again out with that ankle injury. And yeah, it's it's uh it's gonna be a nice little last hurrah for uh the home games. Um not not too much to look forward to. I do kind of want them to get the W, you know what I mean? Like it's again, I'm not gonna root for Bears loss, but I just feel like with the more the more uh the more wins the Bears get this year, the more it's like, oh wait, should we keep Nagy? Should we not keep Nagy? You know what I mean? I don't I don't really care. Like I just want all these guys uh to do really well in these last few games. Um I do want to mention something that you guys may have seen on Twitter and the Vikings. We're going back before this before the Seahawks game against the Vikings, right? When they when the when the defensive lineman for for the Vikings kind of like maybe roughed up fields a little too much out, you know, out of bounds and that. And then, and then Tevin Jenkins came up to the lineman, whoever the D lineman was from Minnesota. It was basically talking shit to him, pushing him around. Like, what's up? You know, like, Hey, don't leave my quarterback alone. Basically protecting Justin Fields. Um, That was fucking awesome because this whole, this old line, this entire year after fucking Justin Fields again, just shit on has done nothing. They've done nothing to protect their guy. And to, to expect maybe a couple of the older guys, um, <clears throat> they're, they're a little bit more soft-spoken, right? They're not going to fucking step it up and like be in anybody's face, things like that. But, but what happened after from Tevin Jenkins' own fucking guy, he, you know, he goes up, he, and, you know, and he gets a flag uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever it was. But he, again, he's protecting Justin Fields. And then Jermaine Effetti this fucking loser coward piece of shit comes up to Tevin Jenkins, basically punches him. I, I don't I, I can't, I don't know if it was like near the face, near the helmet or kind of in the shoulder area, but he basically just comes up and punches him. And then he's like telling tell him to get get away from like the whole, the whole, like uh, the whole, I guess just gathering of everybody of bears and, and Vikings linemen. And he's telling him to go away and he hits him again. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Like I get it. Right. You are the veteran. You're trying to teach these rookies what 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 to do, when to do it. You know, then now was probably not a good time to get a uh, 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. But to go up to him and fucking punch him the way he did, oh my god! If I was Tevin Jenkins, I would have fucking, I probably would have fucking hit him back too. You know, good on good on Jenkins to kind of like hold back and be like, all right, this is my teammate, right? But fuck Jermaine Effetti for doing that dumb shit, honestly. Like you saw, I like I, I made a Tevin Jenkins appreciation post on the uh, Crackwood Media Instagram page, and then I tweeted about it like two, three, four times. Uh, fuck Jermaine Effetti f- for that bullshit. Honestly, like that's that was such a pussy move on his part. And you know, I usually don't, I don't get really this uh, this fucking crazy about about uh, just like little things like that. But that was such a fucking shit veteran move, you know. And you know, a lot of people. We're, we're trying to defend if Eddie, oh, he's a veteran. He's making sure his rookies are doing blah, 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 blah. But then you guys, then you have guys on the Bears post, like Lance Briggs, um, Alex. Oh, my God. What's his fucking last name? Oh, God damn it. Alex something. These guys who are like, I fucking love it. The rest of the O-line has done shit this entire season before this. And Tevin Jenkins finally comes up and is like, you know, like, I ain't fucking letting you touch my quarterback like that. Like you have these guys being like, yep, I 100% support what he did. And then you got Jermaine Effetti being like, yeah, I got to show him, you know, I got to be this tough veteran. But if they do that to fucking Justin Fields, you're not going to do that to the defensive lineman. Get the fuck out of here, dude. So kind of just wanted to get that off my chest. I want to actually put it on one of the episodes. It's been a couple games, but 
yeah, man, that, that one just really got me heated as you can tell. Um, but yeah, back to the, back to the New York giants game. So again, not, not too much to look forward to. Um, one of the, a couple of things that we are going to, I'm going to be looking at, right. Is how Akeem Hicks plays. Cause it's possibly his last game in a bears uniform at home at soldier field. Um, he, no matter what, man, that guy just brings his energy and is always a great, great person to like, just to, to like interact with the bears fans to, Hey, I got a sack fucking, you know, so possibly his last home game. That's going to be really cool to see. Um, if it is, if it isn't, you know, obviously he's going to be a bear for the, hopefully the rest of his career. Cause he's just a fucking force. Obviously he's a little older, but you know, when you kind of think of these things, like, do we have to, should we trade him? He's getting older. Should we release him? You know, obviously those are business decisions. Emotional me, emotional fan, Bears fan me wants Akeem Hicks to be in, on the Bears for the rest of his career because he's just been great these last three, four years that we've had him. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing I'll be looking at. Another one is Robert Quinn, one sack away from breaking Richard Dent's record of 17 and a half sacks in a season. That's going to be cool to see. He added to it. And it's crazy, again, because he, he had such a shitty year last year, only two sacks last year. And a lot of Bears fans were like, why the fuck did we bring this guy on, right? Like, he looked he looked slow. He looked bad last year when we picked him up. And now for him to almost to, to break one of the all-time greats in the Bears sack record in the season, like, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, he just completely turned it around when he got here. And, you know, throughout the season, I not until maybe, like, last week – or I think it was after it was after the Seahawks game. They're like, he's about to break the record. And I was like, what the fuck? But then you think about it and it's like, oh, well, he's racking up all these like one, two, three sacks, you know, per game. And of course they all add up in a now 18 game season. Sorry, 17 game season. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, then that, that does make sense, right? So um yeah, man, like that's just gonna be really cool to see if he does it, especially at Soldier Field. Like that'd be fucking dope. Hopefully Richard Dent is a uh, is in attendance, you know, that would be like a really cool passing of the torch to like to, to, to Robert Quinn. The only shitty thing is Robert Quinn probably isn't going to be a bear for much longer. Um, it would have been cool if it was like Mac or if it was like Roquan Smith or something like that, like guys that you, that have been in the bears for a while and that are probably going to be in the bears for a while. But again, you know, it's a really cool thing. Uh, Robert Quinn turned it around and he's, I, I, I've got a feeling, especially with the way the giants have played, he's going to break the record, uh, against them. And then <clears throat> another thing is I talked about him earlier, Mooney. Um, he is 140 yards away from getting to a thousand yards on the season. <clears throat> so obviously he's got the Giants game and he's got the Vikings game after that. Imagine he got 141 yards though, like or or the 140 yards at Soldier Field, you know, and you got him getting a thousand yards, Akeem Hicks going crazy, and then Robert Quinn breaking the record for sacks like that would be fucking cool things you know obviously this game doesn't really matter the bears are out of the playoffs um it's a fucking wash of a season like i've been saying but these are these are just a few other things that i'll be looking at and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time so speaking of bears greats uh talking about richard dent uh just recently devin hester the greatest returner of all time has made the 15 hall of fame finalists football hall of fame. He is among the 15. I think they, I think there's only a max of five. They get, um, they get selected each year, but like for him to, to be able to be one of the finalists is huge as a return specialist. Right. So, uh, Devin Hester, obviously all bears fans know him 
new and old. They know this fucking guy. Um, he retired as the NFL's all-time special teams touchdowns leader. So 20 total touchdowns um, on special teams, just on special teams. Like that's obviously right. Like honestly, the game changed because of him as far as like special teams and shit like that. And I mean, clear it shows it 20 touchdowns. He had the most punt return touchdowns in a season with four. Um, and I mean, as bears fans, how can we forget uh, probably number one moment for Devin Hester was returning the super bowl uh, kickoff for a touchdown. Um, I like, I'm pretty sure all other Bears fans thought that was it. Like, we got this. We're, we're beating the Colts. And obviously, it didn't really work out that way. We still had Rex Grossman as a quarterback. Um, didn't really didn't really have much else going on other than Hester in the defense. But, yeah, you know, like, that was still a great moment um, in, in Bears history that season, that, that Super Bowl going to season. Um, and then, of course, probably one of the sweeter um, – regular season moments for him and for us fans was against Arizona when he returned that, that uh, punt for a touchdown and to beat them. And then obviously uh, was his, was the coach's name? Green, something green. He had to fucking crown their ass fucking post game interview or whatever. So a bunch of good moments for Hester, Um, you know, good, good, great for him to, to be recognized as such, you know, as like the best returner of all time, best special teams returner of all time. Um, because he deserves it, you know, and if he gets, uh, if he gets selected into the hall of fame, then fucking awesome. Um, that'd be awesome to have another bear in there. And for something such, such a niche thing, such a niche, 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 whatever, such a niche, we'll say niche thing for him to like get into the hall of fame for would be fucking awesome. And it kind of opens the doors for like other things, right? Like, like maybe for other people who are going to be, I don't know. As a Bears fans, I don't even want to say it, but better than him in returning shit. You know, you never, you never know. There, there. Somebody might break the record. Somebody get might get twenty one touchdowns as a returner, uh, five touchdowns for a punt return one season. But for now, he's the greatest. He was a bear. He did it as a bear. At least most of it. Uh, most of those touchdowns were as a bear, and then he he was in Atlanta for a little bit. So he's he's just doing his thing, man. Like, and if he if he gets into the Hall of Fame, that's just so fucking cool. So good, you know. Glad he got into at least the the finalists, the top fifteen finalists, because you know it was his first year eligible, and yeah, he got uh, he got selected, so that was fucking cool. Moving on to the Blackhawks, there hasn't been any games. Uh, was the last four have been postponed? Their next scheduled game is against the Predators uh, tomorrow, the second. So kind of look out for that. Um, but they did make they did make some news as the Blackhawks hired the first indigenous woman scout for the team, uh, Bridget Laquette, uh, Laquette, Laquette. I don't know how to pronounce it. Laquette. I'm going to go Laquette. Um, super interesting person. She played for the uh, Canadian national team in the 2018 winter Olympics. One silver has played for the national team. Uh, I think, uh, just like these last, this last decade or so. Um, and I think she's won two, two bronze and then the one silver in the winter Olympics in 2018. So super interesting person, first indigenous woman uh, to, to scout players for the Blackhawks organization. Her, ba- her territory is basically all of British Columbia, which is fucking huge. Um, and it was funny because she, she had gotten, I think she had gotten the offer. The story goes she'd gotten the offer in May. Didn't know if she was going to be on the, on the Canadian national team again. Was told she wasn't. Took the job. She went from like three provinces in, in Canada, like scouting those provinces to all of British Columbia. So it just fucking went it just exploded like, right. Like it was just went from the small little area to all of British Columbia. And she basically reports on 
uh, all the players that were drafted to the NHL and who play in like the Western Hockey League. So again, all of British Columbia, she's like scouting players. She she's said uh, in the article, she's like, I don't really know what to look for. Like I've played hockey my entire life, but I don't, you know, not don't know what to look for. And as a scout, you know, I could probably like if that were me, if you were telling me to scout football players, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to look for. Right. Like, but she was saying, you know, looking for improvements, looking for how they play, looking for what they're, what they're strong in, what they're weak in, you know, would they fit in this system currently in the Blackhawks, you know, system, whatever it is. And then obviously she'll do reports and all that cool shit. Um, I don't know anything about that. I'm not a scout. I don't claim to be a scout. I am a, <laughs> I am just a fucking biased Chicago sports fan, but you know, good on the Blackhawks to, to hire her. Um, she was asked about the, uh, the logo. Uh, she gave like a pretty smart answer, you know, um, she said that she doesn't mind the logo. She knows people that don't like it. Her parents were kind of meh iffy about it, but she explained it to them. I don't know if they're really on board, but you know, that's obviously something important to talk about, especially when you hire, you know, an indigenous person onto your squad. So good for her being the first female uh, indigenous scout. Uh, and I think she's kind of like one of five or six female scouts in the entire NHL. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was something mentioned. So, but yeah, that's, you know, Blackhawks news, kind of it for the Blackhawks. Again, no games played until possibly the Predators tomorrow. And then we'll see some more. Uh, we'll see some more from the Hawks. They've they've been doing pretty well under King. Hopefully they can continue it, at least salvage the season with a few more wins, right? Like that'd be fucking awesome. Unf- you know, in unfortunate news, these last couple days, uh, moving on from the Blackhawks, we've had some people pass. Um, most recently, Betty White. Uh, on New Year's Eve, which was rough. Uh, I think she was 99. She was about to be 100, something like that. But man, like we, I, I thought she was going to fucking live forever, right? So sad moment right before the new year hits. Um, a lot of people are going to be toasting to her. Uh, I, well, a lot of people toast to her, I'm sure, uh, for New Year's Eve, right before clock hit zero on 20, 2021. But um, not only Betty White, but uh, one of the the bigger influences, probably the biggest influence on football is John Madden, uh, coach of the Raiders. Obviously, the Madden video game, the one every football fan kid loved to get on Christmas. They love to get every year. You know, it's something that is still like it's still a staple in football today. You know, so uh, he passed away. He was about his late 80s, I believe. Um, so big you know, a lot of prayers to his family. Um, but yeah, just what can you say? You know, he was a fucking NFL icon. He was, he was amazing at what he did and he was amazing in the booth and he just did a lot for football, uh, in general. And then more locally, uh, locally being, you know, just the Chicago market, uh, Jeff Dickerson who wrote for the bears. Uh, I've read a oh man. I, I can't tell you how many articles I read. He, he passed away. I think he was 44 years old. Um, <clears throat> due to cancer. And I, like I said, I, I can't tell you how many articles I read from him on the bears. Always like, always just kind of like he got to the point. It was like, yo, this, this sucks. This doesn't suck. This is cool. Like, you know, and he, he you know, I, I saw a lot of interviews, saw a lot of uh, people tweeting about him and things like that. Like he was always like a really like, I guess, objective as he can be right. Reporting for the bears, always very respectful, always very uh, optimistic. So, I didn't know him personally. Uh, he did have a son, Parker, and they had set up a uh, GoFundMe for him. And I think it got almost like a, a million dollars for him. Like that's that's how you know 
<clears throat> Jeff Diggerson made like a lot of friends on his in his life um, to, uh, to to just have that outpouring support for his son, who fortunately lost both parents now. Uh, but, you know, a lot of prayers to his family. Parker, luckily, is you know I'm pretty sure because of all the friends Jeff made, like he's going to be taken care of. Um, you know, as he's growing up, there won't be anything. There, he's going to be fine. You know, obviously losing your parents sucks, but it's good to know that Jeff Dickerson has a lot of friends, a lot of people that can look after him. And, you know, it's just a really nice gesture for everybody to donate and make it almost a million dollars. So going to miss all these people, uh, 2022. So quick, quick little kind of like, and it's a little bit down, I know, but you know, you got to kind of give props to these people who made a huge difference in uh, in sports and just life in general. So rest in peace to all those people, prayers to their families. But on a lighter note, obviously it's 2022 now. Flip the page, 2021, uh, another shitty COVID year, unfortunately. But, you know, we're, we're turning the page over to 2022. Um, here's to Chicago and Chicago sports. You know, Bulls are looking good. Bears not so much. Blackhawks, not so much. Cubs and Sox, we'll see. So let's uh, let's just hope for Bulls continue their fucking crazy, crazy good streak right now. Make it to 10 games, make it to 15 games. We'll see what happens. But yeah, happy New Year's to everybody out there in Chicago uh, listening to my podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate. I would appreciate you guys going to the Crackwood Media page where we have uh, this podcast uh, playable from the podcast page. And you can also look into all the other blogs from all the other writers at crack one media. Also follow us on Instagram at crack one media, and then follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, and now Rick, uh, love bringing you guys episodes. I know it's been a while since I brought you an episode, but sometimes work gets a little crazy, but I'm going to try to bring you guys some more episodes, some more content. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Uh, go check me out on Twitter and Instagram, guys. See ya! Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Damn, all these little screw niggas, they lame. Fuck with them, I can't. Basic mounted and strange. Vision faded and plain. I asked nigga, what really with it was on some bitch shit. Wasn't a fan of your figure. And I only like the skinny women. Shit, I like my women plus size. No lie, that why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, french fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my verses, my fluffy. She swear she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL fit her perfect. Won't catch me lurking at all. My Richard once I spit saw. Sense her proud and so tall. Those cheeks around the applause over and over and over again. Told my homie and my parents we were only just friends. At first, I couldn't let my secret out then. It's getting deeper now, but I don't care what others think about me. Came out of depression, had to pick up the penny. Get skinny, nigga. Thick wallet, chubby chasing them Benjamins now. Tribe got out. They just changed the name, so we winning again. Sound partial. Hey. Welcome to the halftime show. I love Khalifa, nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you?
Welcome to the halftime show. I love to keep a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose school. Just round down on something new that they ain't used to. They're always little screw niggas. They